Hello everyone. Uh, normally I do these every four or five days, but it took me a week this time just because, you know, school was, well, school still is, you know, it was kicking my ass. But I got a couple days to relax because I just handed some work in. So I decided to do one. And the first thing I wanted to talk about was Uzi and his song Lullaby. You know, this was on the Uzi and Future collab album. I think it was called Pluto times Baby Pluto. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And this this is one of those songs where it was only it was only Uzi. And the reason I wanted to talk about it was, you know, I felt I felt it at the time. You know, I was at I was at work. I was just walking around and I was listening to it and. And I felt it at the time. This is one of the wildest songs. <laughs> it's one of the wildest songs I've ever heard in my entire life. And I think that there's a part of me that goes, you know, you know, he's he's baby Pluto, and you know, he's on he's on an album with Pluto, he's on an album with Future. So I think, I think he upped the misogyny just a little bit for the song, or maybe he was just gonna release this anyways on like his own album. I don't know, but that's my guess. I think he was uh, he was like, you know, I'm gonna album with Future. You know, he's you know he's Pluto. I'm Baby Pluto. You know, I gotta up. You know, I gotta get up to, you know, Pluto standards. And he upped the he upped it a lot. So I just wanted to talk about the song because it's it's so fucking wild. All right, so it just starts out pretty typical. You know, he's like, you know, I saw people get killed when I was a toddler. You know, I'm I'm supposed to love you, girl. You know. You know how I'm supposed to fear anything, which yeah, that's like the, you know, regular, deep shit people like rappers talk about. But then, but then he then he starts talking about you know, you know I'm talking to bitches when you're right next to me. You know, you know I text them. You know I go in the other room to text them when we were just in the bedroom, like you were laying on me. So they texted me. I go to the other room. Now I'm texting these other bitches. You know. And then he said, <laughs> he said, I try my best just to hug her with my fingers crossed. So, like, you know, he feels like if he's hugging her, he's hugging his girl. I'm guessing it's JT, you know, because I think they've been together for a little bit. I can't, I still can't believe Uzi has JT stressed the fuck out. Have, like, does, has JT never seen herself in the mirror? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, how... Maybe maybe Uzi's just like the funniest person alive. Like I don't know. Maybe he's just got like the dopest personality ever. Maybe because I don't get it. Like I don't know how he's got JT stressed the fuck out like this. Uh, but yeah, he says you know I when I hug her I you know make sure to cross my fingers because you know apparently that means I don't mean what I'm doing and she doesn't see it. So it's like he's good with God. You know, he's tricked, he's tricked the system. He's found a loophole. And, you know, I was listening to it like, damn, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to write this down for, for future references. All right, so after that, the I think it's the first verse because, like, the, the beginning part is just, like, a chorus that repeats again later. So we get to the first verse, and this is one of the more, um, how do I say, oversharing, I guess is the right way to say it. 
in this verse, you know, he starts talking about that he's making money now and that him and this girl, you know, they were, they were supposed to be loving each other to the rest of, to the end of time, the rest of time. I think it's the end of time. Yeah, the end of time. And he says, she told him, you know, the money was starting to change him. And he replies back like, oh, but you saw my money get longer. You know, he's got that song, whatever. And he, so he's like, you saw my money get longer. And that's, you started to change, actually. You know, you were the one that told me not to wear a fucking condom anymore. And it was at, it was at that point where I was like, Uzi, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, how, why did you put this out? Who did you put this out for? It seemed like, it seems like there's something you should be probably telling like a therapist or something. You know, like, you got betrayed, you know, this girl was just using you for money. You know, I'm glad he put it out, you know, it's great content, it's fucking hilarious to me. And I listen to it all all the time just because, just because it is so funny and fucking wild to me. But I don't get why he put it out, why he thinks people would relate to the song you know there i don't i imagine there's not many people you know his money got longer and you know the girl was like yeah you know what let's not use a condom anymore i don't know i don't know how many people heard the song were like yeah you know i fucking relate to this shit you know this is my fucking life i completely understand you will see all right but that's not it then he says you know she was telling people where, like, his stash spot is, like, where he keeps all his stuff. And then he says, she's lucky I didn't kill her. And then he makes, like, a terrible fucking... <laughs> yeah, the terrible fucking bar where he's like, you know, I could have gave her an ass shot. <laughs> I laughed at that, but... But, you know, he is talking about killing a woman, so... It's not that funny, but it's funny because it's so fucking absurd. And, you know, by this point, you know, he's already covered... That, you know, he's texting other bitches when he's with her. And he's already talked about that, you know, she's lucky that he didn't kill her. So you're like, you know, how much wilder can this get? You know, this is already, he's covered everything. And it turns out he hasn't. Turns out Mr. Uzi Vert has not covered everything. Because then the second verse starts. And this is, this is, this is exactly how it starts. I'm, I'm going lyric by lyric. I'm going word by word. He starts off by saying, I fucked all of her friends, all of her enemies too, and I think her mom feeling me too. And at that point, we get to a pretty serious conversation about what, which is worse. You know, is, is him fucking all her friends worse than him fucking her enemies? I don't... I don't understand. I don't know because I guess if he's fucking her friends, are they really friends? Would would her real friends fuck with him? I don't know. I don't think they're friends then, right? I feel like you know enemies. Enemies like yeah, they they would fuck with him because they're like you know fuck her, I'll fuck with you know I'll fuck with her man. You know, but I guess, so that's not shocking. But the friends, you know, that I guess maybe hurts more because like, although if he, if, if her enemy fucks him, her enemy can always be like, yeah, but I was fucking your man. So maybe, now, now, 
she doesn't have any ammo for her, so now she's losing a she's losing a fight. And you know, someone who's pretty competitive, you know, I fucking hate to lose. But now she can't say anything to her enemy because she can always just be like, "Yeah, but I fucked your man." So you know, that's it's tough. It's tough. But with I guess with a friend, it's more like you would be. I I don't think you would be heartbroken cutting off a friend that would do that to you, right? Like I don't. I imagine you wouldn't, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I think, you know, losing friends is pretty, pretty fucking hard. So, I guess maybe your friend doing that, you know, if you're, if, <laughs> if her real friends were really fucking with him, and I guess if she finds out, like, that would fucking destroy her. So, it's tough. It really is tough figuring out which is worse. But... I'm going to go with him fucking her enemies as worse than him fucking her friends. So thank you, Mr. Uzi Vert, for that little bit. Um, I'm not even going to talk about (laughs) what's worse, you know, if he's fucking her friends and enemies or if he's fucking her mom. I'm not gonna talk about the mom thing just because I feel like I feel like he said that just to say it. I don't. I have a hard time being like, yeah, he's actually fucking her mom too. All right. So after that, he goes on to say, you know, he's he's lost all his uh, moods. So you know, I'm listening to that. I'm like, oh damn, that's kind of that's kind of fucked up. That's kind of sad. You know, you're making all this money, but you know, you don't have all the you don't have you don't feel good anymore. But then he sa- then he tells us why he doesn't feel good anymore, and you're like, Yo, we did not need to know all of this. And what he says is, she was fucking some guy who's older than Snoop. So firstly, you know, why did you just throw a shot at Snoop? Like, you know, Snoop was probably just—I don't think Snoop probably heard the song, but if he did, he would have just been like, you know, why'd you have to remind me that you know I'm old as fuck out here? That was unnecessary. But I feel like Uzi kind of, I don't want to say redeems himself, but he he shows um, progressiveness, I guess, because he says, you know, but I can't blame her because, you know, she had to get her bills paid. So, you know, she was fucking this guy, presumably when they were broke as fuck, because she had to get some bills paid, you know, so he understands it. You know, she's not trying to be homeless. And I don't think he wants to be homeless, too, because I guess, you know, maybe they were sharing a place. So he's like, yeah, you know. I ain't got it on me, you know, she's doing what she can to get the to get the bills paid, you know, to get the rent paid. You know, it's kinda like a future on uh what was the song? Uh rent money where he says, you know, your girl's fucking me, you know, when the rent's due. And personally speaking, that's none of my business to be honest. You know, the rent the rent's due, you know, I can't. You know, if she ain't got it, you know, she ain't got it, you know, she's gotta do what she's gotta do. You know, no one wants to be homeless. You know, there's no homeless person out there that's like, yeah, this is exactly what I want to say. You know, she's got to do what she's got to do. It's fine. And, you know, I'm just going to mind my business, not ask any questions. You know, not going to not going to ask her why she's got the you know free bands gear or why she or how she's able to stay home 29 days. And then for a week and always has to go to like Atlanta or something. I'm just going to mind my business. I'm just going to, you know. Be grateful that the rent's paid and I'm not homeless. 
you know, much like Uzi, you know, he understands it. <laughs> you know, some, you know, me and Uzi, me and Uzi, ver- you know, same person. Right, and then he ends that verse by saying, you know, I'm touching her hand, but she doesn't, she doesn't feel me. And I think I would have, if I had not heard the rest of the song before already, I would have been like, damn, Uzi, that's, you know, I felt that, you know, that's very relatable content. But I did hear the rest of the song. And, you know, when he says, you know, she doesn't feel me, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're fucking her enemies. You're fucking her friends. You might be fucking your mom. You threatened to kill her. I'm pretty sure she threatened. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he threatened to kill her. And then you're still saying, you know, she doesn't feel me. Oh, and, um, you know, he's texting other women when he's with her. And he's like, he goes to the other, he gets a text and he goes to the other room to text him. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, Uzi. I just, I just don't feel that terrible for you. I just don't, I just don't have that sympathy for you. I will still occasionally like tweet this every now and then just because it is pretty real. Like <laughs> if you didn't listen to the rest of the song, it is relatable. It is like a damn, she doesn't feel him, you know? And then we finally get to the last verse on this. You know, he starts off by just saying, you know, if he wasn't rich, he would be doing all these uh, other things. You know, like he would probably be like flipping bricks. You know, he'd be pimping chicks. Um, what else did he say? I think he said he would be a hitman. I think he said he would be a hitman. Um, then he then he kind of described killing people in a pretty brutal way, and you know that's just how they do it in. Philadelphia, I guess. I don't know. I think that's what he said. But I don't really care about it. That's just regular talk. That didn't... That was... <laughs> it's insane because he, he said it... He talked about killing people in a pretty brutal manner. But when I heard that, I wasn't like, damn, I need to talk about this. This is wild as fuck. Because I'm just used to that. But then he... <laughs> he couldn't help himself. You know, he, he gets to the, near the end of the verse... And he starts talking about her again. And he's like, you know, my girl, you know, she thinks I'm having fun, but I'm just cheating. And I think I heard the song. I heard this album when it came out. Maybe, I can't remember. It was probably like three, four months ago now. And I don't think there's been a single time I've heard this part and did not start laughing out loud. He said, I am not having fun. I am just cheating on you. Which is interesting because is he saying the cheating is not fun? Or is he saying it, it, it looks like he's having so much fun because he's cheating? Or another thing I guess here could be, you know, he's, he's out somewhere and she thinks, you know, he's out with the boys. He's just having fun. But he's really out there cheating. So, you know, I think it's one of those three. And my guess would be... Fuck, this is actually tough. I'm not sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the last... I'm going to go with the last option. I'm going to go with that... She... That he's out somewhere. And she thinks he's probably just having fun. And he's, he's, he's out there cheating. I think, that, I think that's what... I think that's what it is. But... I don't, but like I said early on, I don't think there's been a single time that I've heard this line and did not start 
laughing. It's kind of like that uh, that new Netflix show. Uh, what's it called? Br- Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Yeah, where the Duke, you know, he looks at fuck. What's her name? I think her name's Daphne. Yeah, and I, what's his name? I know it's Hastings. I know that's his last name. What's his first name? Let me. I won't, for, Simon's coming to my head, but let me look it up. Uh, Bridgerton. Yeah, so her name is her name is Daphne, and his is Simon Bassett. What the fuck? I thought it was Hastings. All right, so okay, so it turns out he's the he's the Duke of Hastings, but Hastings is not his last name, which is strange. What the fuck? Because on the show, there's this uh, Daphne's brother would call him over and just be like Hastings. So like. Why is he just calling? Why is he calling him by the place of where he's a duke? I don't understand. Like, who calls someone by the place that they're from? You know, no one looks at me as I, you know, you know, Pakistan. Like, where? What are you doing? What's up? But anyways, so this 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 is a. It's not a meme. It's just uh, someone took a screenshot of it, and it didn't. I remember watching the show and as it happened I didn't laugh that hard but just just seeing the screen cap of it with the with what with the line it fucking kills me every single time I see it so the duke he looks at Daphne and he's like it is because <laughs> it, it is because I regard you so highly that I cannot marry you I'm sorry, like, if I was Daphne, I would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, that would be, like, a job being, a job being like, you know, you're too qualified for this. You know, you're too good for this job. So, anyway, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah so, yeah, whenever I hear Uzi say, you know, you know, my, my girl thinks I'm out, I'm out here, here having fun, but really I'm just cheating. You know, that makes me laugh just as much as... You know, I, because because I regard you so highly that I cannot marry you. So that's my song breakdown. But I did have just some final thoughts on him, which was, you know, as he's recording this in the studio, you know, what are Future and all the other people there thinking as Uzi is talking about, you know, this woman is lucky that he didn't kill her. You know, that, you know, he's texting, you know, other women, you know, when they're together, that, you know, he's fucking her mom, friends, enemies. Because I think if I were in the studio and I and I heard that, I would have been like, you're doing what? You're, you're fucking who? Her enemies, too? Even her mom? Her mother? The woman that births her? You know, my theory is, I don't, I don't think he did this song in the studio. I think he kind of just told like the company, hey, you know, I, I have this other song too. You know, just put it on the, put it on near the end of the album. You know, just don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I got you. It's a good song. Don't worry. Because there's no way anyone in the studio would have been comfortable hearing this. Because yeah, Future talks about woman in a misogynistic way but he's never like this woman is lucky I didn't kill her you know what I mean he's mostly just like 
yeah, you know, I'm, I'm fucking your girl. You know, he's doing the regular shit, you know, like, you know, things that we're comfortable with. You know, I doubt he was like, yes, good job, Uzi, misogyny for the win. Yes, this is very, I'm very okay with, you know, you're talking about killing women. This is awesome. So, yeah, I think he just handed it to the recording company guy, like, with one minute left before the release. Like, yeah, just put this at, just put this at the end of the album. I also, I also think I would have just started laughing in the studio if I had heard Uzi say, you know, if I didn't have all this money, I would have been a hitman. This man has an obsession with being fictional characters. Like this, you know, being the hitman, he's talking about like he's John Wick. And now, you know, he's turned himself into an Avenger. You know, he's put an infinity stone in his forehead. You know, the first time I heard about the story, I was like, this is fake. There's no way this is true. And then he posted a picture himself with the diamond in his forehead, blood dripping out. And the caption was like, ha ha, low, low. You know, if I, if I take this out wrong, I could die. Ha ha. I was like, what? There's, this must be Photoshop. And nope. It was from the you know, blue check mark right there. And honestly, this is stressing me out. I'm not going to lie. Because I keep thinking now, like, this is just how he's going to die. Like, one day he's going to be like, you know, the diamond popped out and blood just started coming out. He's dead. Or, like, someone runs up on him like Thanos and just, like, fucking rips it out of his forehead. The diamonds were 20 million, so I could... Like, you could see someone trying him like that. Although he is he is a hitman, so... I don't know if you really would run up on him. Maybe he doesn't have to worry about it, I guess. But... Oh, damn, I forgot. Even People, people even ran up on John Wick. So, you know, I guess Uzi is stronger than John Wick. So, you know, he's got nothing to worry about. Also, how did, how did he even afford this? You know, Uzi is, of course, popular. But it's a $20 million diamond. How did he come up with, like, the liquid to buy it? And there's a part of me that's just going, Yo, Uzi, you got no real friends in your circle. Because them allowing him to look this ridiculous, to make this big of an idiotic purchase is absurd. Like, what he put the diamond on, they were like, yeah, bro, this looks awesome. Because I don't, if it looked good, I would have been like, yeah, okay. Like, it's, it's an absurd purchase, but I see where you were going with this. But it doesn't look good on him either. And is it really a flex? You know, it's kind of a weird flex. You know, it is a it is a flex in the sense of that he 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 can afford to put a twenty million dollar diamond in his forehead, but it's not a flex where anyone's jealous of him. You know, we we're more so looking at him like, why'd you do that? Like that's that's not cool. You know, I'm not. I'm not jealous that I don't have a you know, diamond in my forehead. You know, I'm, I'm more like, you know, I kind of like my forehead the way it is. It kind of it kind of reminds me of the people at the gym. Well, not now, but like, you know, when they open back up in 2023. But there's always that one person that'll do like a, a power lift and then they'll do like a, like a backflip and then do another power lift. And it's like, 
yeah, like it's it's a it's a flex that you can do that, but it's a weird flex because like, why are you doing that? Like, what why what do you get from showing off like this? There's no way this is helping with your workout. So like, what what's the point of this? You're just doing it to do it, and I guess there's a flex in the ability to just do something to do it but it's not a flex that makes me go fuck you know i wish i wish i could do that and i I actually think i'm gonna take back me saying he's got fake friends around him i just think he has not smart friends around him because if i were in a circle and i was a fake friend there is absolutely no way I'm letting him get a $20 million diamond. Because now he's short $20 million in liquid. And that means he's got less money on him to just give me. Like, I can take out of him. Unless the jeweler was his friend. And he was a fake friend who talked him into getting that diamond. That's interesting. I didn't think about this. This is a conspiracy theory I'm working out. But, yeah, if I was just a fake friend in a circle, there's no way I'm letting him get that diamond. Like, that's $20 million gone right there. Because I don't think he's going to sell it. Like, it's in his forehead. So, yeah, that's my breakdown of the Uzi song. And also his uh, Infinity Stone in his forehead. And honestly, I I really hope nothing happens to Uzi because I, I'm like I said it before, but I really it's really stressing me out. I won't lie. Like you know, he's got a diamond in his forehead, so you know, there's always a part of me. There, not always, like it just it just happens. So there's a part of me that's like, fuck, he's gonna die because of this because of this fucking diamond in his forehead. So you know, I hope you know. Uzi's okay. I hope nothing happens to him. And, um, yeah, let's talk about some hoop ball now. All right, I wanted to talk about the MVP race. And uh, I'm going to do this probably every 20 games just because things I might say right now would not make any sense 20 games from now. Like, you know, 20 games from now, you know, LeBron might miss like 10 straight games and, you know, that changes things. So, or like, you know, one team like Philadelphia, they just lose like five out of 10 games or something and that changes things. So I just want to go through the MVP uh, award tracker. I'm doing this off of basketball reference. You know, they have their own uh, award tracker. They, let me just look at how they do this. this. They have a model built using previous voting results. So I guess they're taking into account how what what kind of categories previous MVPs hit, and I guess to base it off of that. So I'm gonna go from ten to one, and uh, I'll give. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna make a case for them, and I'll tell you how realistic it is, or if I'm just taking them out. Yeah, I'll just tell you how realistic it is. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna like take someone out of contention. I guess. So number ten. They have um, Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. 
And so the case for him is, you know, Utah's 16-5. and five. I think they're number one in the West because I, think, I know the Clippers just – yeah, so they're number – they're number one in the West now. They have the least amount of losses, and they are the sixth best defense in the league. And that has a lot to do with, you know, Rudy. Rudy is, you know, he's probably the most – actually, I don't know. It's probably MB. He's the most – like, consistently, Rudy is shown to be the most uh, dominant big man in the game. Uh, just the most dominant – defensive player in the game honestly just because rim protection is the biggest thing in the league it just matters the most and um, you know since you if you look at the Jazz since he's become a starter their defensive ratings are seventh he only played 60 games that year so you know with him they were probably a little bit better than that Uh, and after that they were third second second and last year you know he didn't look healthy and they were 13th you know and this year they're sixth and that has a lot to do with him you know he's their best player his numbers are uh 13 and 13 you know 13 rebounds 13 points uh he's a really good rebounder you know on off on the offensive glass and the defensive glass he's averaging nearly three blocks a game and he's shooting 60 percent uh, the thing I would say that's against him is those numbers, while they're solid and good, I just don't think those are MVP numbers. I think if he was doing, you know, 18, 18, maybe 20. Yeah, I think 18 games is reasonable. Like, you know, he's a rim-running center. He's a, you know, he catches alley-oops and stuff like that. And, you know, there there have been other you know, rim-running centers that, you know, can average 18 points a game. You know, uh, what's his name? Clint Capella, he averaged, like, 17 a game just a couple years ago. So I don't know why. I don't think – I think Rudy can get up to 17, 18 points a game. If he was – and he's only playing 30 minutes a night. So, you know, if he could do that – and last year he was 15, the year before he was 16. So if he can get up to, like, 18 points, then I think he would have had a chance. But – for now, I just don't see it. You know, the, the, he he has played all twenty one games, and that does matter. And he is their best player. If you look at his advanced stats, you know, he's probably he's probably been their best player. Him and Mike Conley, I guess. Um, and you know, he, he's just a really good player. The, he's a weird player because you don't see him. Like he's not a top ten player. He's probably not a top fifteen player. That if you were starting a team, that you would take. But his impact is that of a top 10, of a top 15 player. Just because he's so dominant over 82 games on defense. But if I had to give him a, you know, 1 out of 10 chance of winning a MVP this season, I would say it's a 0. I think he has almost no chance at all. Um, yeah, but, you know, very good player. And I think the Jazz are a... They're they're definitely. I guess I would be shocked if they won the title. But I'm not. I wouldn't like want to face them. I guess. All right. So number nine, they have Paul George. Uh, Paul George is averaging let's see, twenty four points a game, six rebounds, five assists. 
You know, he's turning it over a career high, 3.8 times, so his assist-to-turnover ratio isn't that great. Uh, is that He's shooting 50% from the field, which would be a career high. 45% from three, another career high. Uh, he's finishing 54% from two, career high. And uh, he's not getting to the line that much. I don't like that. Uh, but he is shooting 90% from the free throw line. Uh, his true shooting, once again, a career high. He's never been over a point six. Uh, actually, no, he's never been over a point five nine zero, which is kind of shocking. But it's not really because he's pretty. He's pretty awful when you when he's really he okay. He's elite at the rim and he's a great three point shooter, but he's awful from the rim to the three point line. Like all those areas in between, like throughout his career, he's just been awful from there. Like you look at the numbers at from three feet to ten feet, he's thirty seven percent. Ten feet to sixteen feet. Now he's at 39%, 16 feet to the three-point line, he's at 40%. So he's just been, like for his career, he's just been abysmal from there. You know, he had one good year where he shot really well from all those areas. Uh, That was 2017, his last uh, Indiana season. And this year, you know, it's no shock that he's having a career year. Like uh, from three to 10 feet, he's shooting 47%, 10% above his career average. From 10 to 16 feet, he's shooting 46%. That would be around 7% above his career average. And from 16 feet to three-point line, he's shooting 48%, which would be 10% above his, 8% above his regular average. So my thing is, while he's having a good year, this isn't, I don't think he's playing as well as that MVP caliber year he had a couple of seasons ago with, uh, the Thunder, and you know he's turning it over a lot. Um, I, I I don't think he's having an MVP caliber season, and I do think a lot of the stats you see with him, he's just been on fire shooting the ball, and I think he he's a guy that I I see regressing to the means, and you know I don't see him shooting fifty forty five ninety for the season. I I don't even see him shooting. You know, fifty percent for the rest of the season. I probably see him ending the season around forty six percent. And uh, the other thing is, you know, he's got a guy playing next to him who's playing better than him. So it's like, you know, it's hard for PG to be the MVP when he's the second best player, you know, on his own team. So you know, one to ten, I would say a one for Paul George. You know. Because he could go on like just another hot streak of like twenty games, and uh, put himself put himself in the contention, but I don't see it. Uh, so number eight, they have Damian Lillard. Uh, the Bla- like, I I thought Dame coming into the season had a pretty good chance because, you know, there were the Portland Trailblazers were going to be healthy this season, and you know two years ago they went fifty three games and last year you know they were injured you know they could barely make they barely made the playing tournament and they got some defensive players and you know Rocco they were gonna have Nurkic back uh Gary Trent seems like a good defender um what's his name uh I think they got someone else too uh what's the thing Derek Jones Jr he's a he's a solid defender too so you thought okay so they got all these defenders 
you know, they're, they're going to be a solid defense, but nope. They're 28th on defense. And, you know, Nurk being out is a pretty big part of that. Like, you have Cantor in there instead. And I don't know. I don't even know who their backup center is. Harry Giles, I think. So you got Cantor and Harry Giles trying to make up for 30 minutes of Nurkic. I just don't. Like, it makes sense that their defense is so poor. Uh, because because of how important like the big man position really is, uh, but I really thought Dame had a chance to be MVP this season, and he's putting up the MVP numbers. You know, he's averaging twenty nine points, you know, five rebounds, seven assists, only three turnovers a game, shooting forty five percent, thirty eight from deep, fifty four percent from two point range, ninety five percent at the line, and he gets there around eight times a game. His true shooting is high. He's having a similar year to last year. And, uh, you know, when he's on the court, like, they're really good. Uh, they, need to, they, they need to start playing Carmelo a little bit less. I think that, that just has to be something that they have to do. They have to start playing Rodney Hood a little bit less. Or they have, they have, to, start, they have to stop playing them together. You know, that, that's what's been hurting them a lot. They, they play a lot of Carmelo at the four, Rodney at the three, lineups and those are just destroying them so they have to stop doing that and uh you know if they get healthy like dame dame last season really turned himself into a mvp caliber player you know the years prior i always thought he was really good he was probably a top 15 player but now he he's like a true number one guy you know i didn't think he was a true number one before that i just thought he was a really 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 good player who ideally should be playing alongside a true number one. But, you know, he's turned himself into one, and I, I thought he had a chance, but like, I just don't see the Blazers' record being as good unless they get healthy and just go on a run. So I would say for Dame, one out of ten, I would say a three. You know, I'll, I'll give him a three, just because he does have the numbers, and there's a chance that, you know, if, when CJ gets back, when Nurk gets back, that they could go on some kind of run and you know finish top four or five. Because if you look at the if you look at standings, the Blazers the Blazers they have nine losses. Denver, who's in fourth place, you know they have they have eight losses. So they only have one more loss than the fourth place team. So you know I I would say he's got a somewhat chance, not a great chance, but. He's got a somewhat chance, like a 3 out of 10. Uh, number 7 is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has, to me, been a little bit disappointing this year. You know, he looks like in that time off that they had the 72 days that he didn't touch a basketball the entire time. Which, honestly, I don't even blame him. Like, he, he, he earned that time. You won the title, you barely had any time off, you don't want to play any basketball in that time. That's fine. It's no big deal to me. Uh, you know, you have the whole season to get back in shape, to get uh, your rhythm back, you know, start playing better like that. So that's not really a problem to me. Uh, his numbers for the season are 22 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, nearly a steal and a half, nearly 2 blocks a game. But like I said, he's been a little disappointing offensively just because 22 points, that's down front. That's... That's the lowest since his second year in the league. He's only he shooting 71% from the free throw line, which would be 
the lowest of his career. And he hasn't really taken that step into the like the three-point shooting. You know, he's only shooting 32%. He's taking less than he did last year. Uh, you know, just shooting-wise, in the bubble, he shot... One, one of the reasons the Lakers were able to win was he shot so well from mid-range. Uh, just looking at the numbers, I think it was 48%. From, if I'm not mistaken, it was 48%. Yeah, he shot 48% from mid-range. And this year he's shooting... Let's see... I know he's not making them, so what is he? Yeah, he's shooting 40%. And, you know, last year he shot 37%. The year before he shot 37 38%. The year before he shot, you know, 37 38%. So, he, you know, in the bubble he just shot 10% above what he normally does. And now he's regressed back to, you know, just regular, you know, probably like below average shooting so he's not he hasn't been shooting it well um he's finishing at the rim well he's finishing in the paint really well you know that's anthony davis he's gonna do that defensively i do think he looks like defensively i do think he looks really good but just offensively he hasn't been that guy uh numbers wise those numbers don't look like mvp caliber either to me and you know like paul george uh you know he's got a player on his team that's better than him and you know, you're not going to win MVP when your teammate is better than you. Uh, so for Anthony Davis, I would say zero chance for him as well. Uh, number six is Giannis. So his case is, even though I don't think he's playing as well as he has, you know, the two prior seasons where he did win MVP, uh, I think he's still, ha- he's still putting up MVP numbers, though. So... Uh, He's got he's got a shot like that. Um, other than that, you know the Bucks they're thirteen and eight now. Yeah, I think they just beat the fucking shit out of the Pacers. Um, Sabonis was really good that game, but you know wasn't enough. Uh, Giannis is playing well. His free throw shooting it it just keeps going down. It's gone down ever since it became an All Star. Yeah, so twenty seventeen it was seventy seven percent. 2018, 76%. 2019, 73%. Then last year, it dropped by 10%. He got down to 63%. And this year, is at 59%. So his free throw shooting keeps going down, and he's remained the exact same player. Um, you know, the Bucks they have the number one offense in the league, and uh, they have the best net rating in the league, too. So, like, they've lost a bunch of close games. You know, I saw a thread the other day. It's like, should we wait? should we be worried about the Bucks? And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like, they were 12 and eight, and they were still they were the number one offense in the league, and they were still figuring things out. They're they're using the regular season how they should have been using it, like the last two three years. You know, they, where they're trying new things, they're figuring out what to do in you know certain situations, and you know that's that's I think in the playoffs that's gonna be very good for them. Um, you know I think there's just gonna be a point in the season where you know the Bucks win like 20 out of 25 games. So they're gonna have the record, and uh, Giannis has the MVP stats, and you know one of the things people keep talking about is 
they're not going to give Giannis the MVP for the third straight year because of how he's melted down in the playoffs. <clears throat> and I get that. I really get that. But I also do think, you know, Giannis is a guy that stayed. You know, he stayed in Milwaukee. He wasn't like a Kevin Durant, LeBron in 2011, where you're not going to give this guy the MVP because he left. Where you're not going, yeah, you're not going to give this guy the MVP regardless of the season that he had because he left his team. You know, Giannis stayed, you know, he committed to this team. And from my understanding, you know, like media people like that. You know, he stayed in the small town. And he stayed on the small market team. So I think that could play a factor. I'm not sure. Um, But if I had to guess from everything I've been hearing, I don't think that's going to matter. I will say this, though. You know, I I did the stat uh, last year. I I did the stat a couple of weeks ago. I I don't think I did it on the podcast, so I'll just do this right now. So... Last season, Giannis played 36 or more minutes in the playoffs and regular season. One, two, three, four, five, six, six times plus uh, seven times. Seven times did he play more than 36 minutes a night. And this season alone, he's done it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's already done it eight times this year. In 19 games, or yeah, 19 games, he's already done it eight times. So, Bud is like, you know what, you're, you're gonna play like these games that are coming close, you're gonna play 40 minutes, 39 minutes, whatever. If we have to win this game, like you're just gonna have to do it because in the playoffs, we're gonna need you out there for 40 minutes. And I don't know if that's a Bud thing, I don't know if it's like you know, higher ups on the Bucks that are telling Bud, hey, you, you gotta do this. But I have really liked that, you know, Giannis will play 38 minutes. Drew Holiday will play 38 minutes. You know, Middleton will play 38 minutes in big games or games that are coming down the stretch. And, you know, they just want to just want to win those games. Because you look at, like, someone like LeBron, he's averaging, I think, a career low in minutes. But if it's a game that's coming down the stretch and they really want to win it, yeah, he'll play 38, 39 minutes. Like, it's it's not a problem for him either. And against the Nets this year, you know, Giannis played, I think, 39 minutes. Yeah, th- so that was a close game, and Giannis played 39 minutes. So, like, you know, that's something he does. That's something he's doing as well this year. I like that. Uh, so I'm going to give Giannis a... This is interesting because everything I keep hearing is that he's got no chance because of the, you know, the last two seasons in the playoffs. But I don't know. I don't know. Because he did stay, and I think that has to matter a little bit. I'll I'll say Giannis a 5 out of 10. And number 5 now is Kevin Durant. Uh, The Bucks are 14 and 9. Kevin Durant has missed, I think... Let me see real quick. 14-9, that's 23 games? Yeah, they've played 23 games. Kevin Durant has missed six of them. So let me just look up the math on that real quick. 17-23. So he's missed 25% of the season already. 
Um, he's averaging 31, 7, and 5. Uh, nearly four turnovers again, so that's not great. Shooting 53, 45, and 88. Uh, you know, it's Kevin Durant. He looks like Kevin Durant. He's playing great. Um, you know, it is a lot of turnovers. I don't like that part. But, you know, he's playing tremendous basketball. He looks like Kevin Durant. Um, so he's got the MVP numbers. And it's interesting just because, like, the Nets are 14-9. and nine. That's not a great record. But they could still finish, like, third in the east with that type of record so i don't know i don't know what matters like is it you finished second in the east or third in the east with a pretty good record even if that record would be like fifth in the west like does that matter or does that not so i'm not sure about that but i I, i'm gonna say and you know like the nets are figuring things out they've gone seven and three since james harden's been there uh and, you know, you could easily see them going, you know, I think I said it with the Bucks, where you could see them winning, you know, 20 out of 25 games. You know, you can see that with the Bucks too. I mean, the the Nets as well, where, you know, they just win 20 out of 25 games. And their record is really good. They're number one in the East now. Um, so that could happen too. But my thing is, I think they're going to keep resting KD. And I think by the end of the season, he's going to have, like, 10 to 12 games missed. And if you miss 12 out of uh, 72 games, that means you missed, um, you know, 17% of the season. And if you look at modern NBA history, Allen Iverson is the MVP that's missed the most percentage of games, and he only missed 13%. So, like... And, like, missing games, even if it's for COVID or injury, like, that matters. You did miss those games. Like, I know people love talking about, you know, well, he missed it because of COVID protocol. Like, yeah, I get that. But if you missed that game and another MVP candidate was still playing, like, you know, that, that matters to me. Like, you know, you missed a bunch of games. Like, that matters. And he's already missed six out of 23 and like I said, that's um, you know that's twenty six percent of the season missed for him already, and he's gonna continue missing games. So I'm gonna say Kevin Durant six out of ten. I would say five out of ten, six out of ten for MVP. Like that, like there's a he's got a decent chance, but I don't think I don't think so. And number four is I think LeBron James. Yeah, LeBron. Uh, the Lakers are 16-6. and six. Uh, You know, they're the number one defense in the league. And LeBron's playing really well on that side. They're tied for second in the West. Yeah. And they have a pretty big game on Tuesday. No, Thursday against Denver. Uh, they're only half a game behind number one in the West. And LeBron's numbers are... Let me check this out real quick. He's averaging 25, 8, and 7.5. And uh, 3.5 turnovers, but, you know, 7.5 assists. I think it's, you know, it's different. They're, you know, shooting 49%, 41% from 3 on 7 attempts a game, 54% from 2, which is actually, I think, a little bit lower than what he normally... Yeah, 
if he if he shot fifty, what he's shooting right now from two, that would be the lowest since twenty fifteen, and that was the year he had back problems. So if you take that year out, it would be the lowest since twenty two thousand nine. So I'm guessing is you know finishing is going to get better eventually. Not better, like he's already like like it's still great, but it's not LeBron level great. So I I imagine that's gonna get a little bit better. So LeBron, he's got the stats. I think twenty five, eight, and nearly eight. Like those are MVP stats, and you know sixteen and six, uh, number two in the West. You know potentially number one in the West. Number number one or number two in the West. Like that's that's going to be good enough record where you know you could combine the numbers and the record and make an MVP case. And most importantly, like I mentioned when talking about Anthony Davis, he hasn't even started playing well. So once Anthony Davis starts playing well, I think this Lakers team has like another level, another gear that can go that they can go to and, you know, like the Nets, like the Bucks, they could win like twenty out of twenty five games and really separate themselves. Uh, another guy who hasn't played well is, you know, for them is Dennis Schroeder. So once he picks it up, I think that would that would be a big help too. Um, yeah, so LeBron, he's got the numbers, he's got the stats. <laughs> I just said numbers and stats. He's got the record, and I do think he's got a little bit of narrative, right? Like he finished second and he made like a big fuss about it. Um, so yeah, I would say LeBron has a seven out of ten chance. And, um, yeah, I think he's got a decent chance. And he he hasn't missed any games. He's played all 22 games for the Lakers. You know, I mentioned that with KD. I mentioned that with... Uh, who else did I mention that with? I think I mentioned it with one other player. I don't think I did. Okay, yeah, I mentioned with KD. So, you know, KD has already missed 6 out of 23 games. LeBron's played 22 out of 22 games. So, you know, kudos to him. Uh, Kawhi, you know... Clippers are also sixteen and six. I think they're seventeen and six now because they just beat, uh, they just beat the Cavaliers. And Kawhi's having, I think, probably his best season ever. Actually, I don't know. Maybe twenty seventeen was still a little bit better, just because. I even though Kawhi's a tremendous defender, like he's not, he's not that defender anymore. Like he's a, he's gone from an A plus plus to like a. I don't know if he's an A-plus defender, actually. Like, if you look at his movement, while he's still really good, he's probably, he's not, he doesn't keep up with players as, like he used to. So I would say he's gone from an A-plus to an A on defense. Uh, But offensively, he has taken, like, just another leap. Uh, Especially as a playmaker. You know, he's averaging five and a half assists and only 1.6 turnovers a game. That's insane. Uh, he's averaging 26, 5-5. Five five. Uh, I would like him to rebound a little bit more. Just five rebounds is in. That great. Uh, he's shooting 51, 40, 92%. Uh, and I think he's played 18 out of the 22 games. So that's pretty good. And I think two of them were like the COVID protocol and not injury. So um, that's good. 
you know, he hasn't, he's not missing a lot of back-to-backs. And he's playing most of the games. I think that has to do with Ty Lue. Um, and, you know, the Clippers have a good record. He's got good numbers. Uh, you know, and if he if he continues to just not miss games, especially just because of uh, the COVID stuff, I think he's got a real chance of winning an MVP. And I'm going to say a 7 out of 10 for him as well. So I give LeBron a 7 out of 10. I'm going to give Kawhi a 7 out of 10 as well. Uh, number two is Joel Embiid. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of funny. So they're also 16-6. and six. They just beat, uh, who did they beat tonight? The Hornets. And he had another monster game. For the season, he's averaging 28, 11, 3, actually 2.8 assists, 3.1 turnovers a game, so it's a negative ratio. Uh, Rebounding-wise, he's not attacking the offensive glass like he used to. Uh, Shooting 54%, 40% from deep, uh, 84% the line. He's getting there 11 times a game, which is insane. Um, So can, can I see this? continue for him 28 11 and 3 yeah I can you know that's how good that's how fucking good he is he's he's excellent now you know I always thought Embiid was a little underrated just because the team around him wasn't ideal and if we're being honest it's still not as ideal as it could be you know Ben Simmons still ruins a lot of spacing and if they had like another if they had like a Ben Simmons caliber player, but he could shoot. Like, you know, I think MB would be 30 a night easily. Uh, the, I will say this, though. If you look at Embiid's numbers and you compare them to his uh, career, like, I think he's shooting a little bit above his head. So you, you have to wonder, can he maintain that? And that's interesting because... You know, for his career, he shoots around 40% from mid-range. You want to take a guess on what he's shooting right now? Uh, he's shooting 57% from mid-range right now. So he's shooting 17% above his career averages. Um, he's finishing at the rim at his regular level. He's finishing in the paint at his regular level. But he's shooting 17% above from mid-range. He's shooting 7%, 8% better from three-point range. So you, you have to wonder, you know, is that something sustainable? And I don't think it is. So I think his, you know, efficiency numbers, they're going to come down. right? I think eight, 28 and 11, I think that, that's sustainable. And, he, you know, he's another guy where, you know, Doc, if it's a big game, he's going to play big minutes. You know, against the Lakers, he played 38 minutes. So, and for for the season, he's only averaging 31 minutes a game. So if it's a big game, he's going to play a lot of minutes. But the problem with him is, you know, the 76ers have played now 20, let's see, 22 games. And he's already missed five of them. So it's another one of those things where he's going to continue missing games. And at the end of the season, if he's played 
60 out of 72 games and I have to pick between him and like let's say Kawhi or actually let's say LeBron because LeBron's played more if I have to pick between Embiid who's played 60 games or LeBron who's played 67 68 games I'm gonna pick LeBron like that, that mat like those seven eight games they matter but I'm gonna I'm gonna give Embiid a eight out of ten just because his numbers are better than LeBron's and you know uh, Kawhi and I think he's I think he's got a real chance of winning MVP uh, so the Nuggets are number <sighs> forgot Nikola Jok Nikola Jokic the Joker uh, he's number one. Uh, the Nuggets are twelve and eight, and they're shooting up with a bullet. I think they're eleven and three in their last fourteen. So you know they figured out their rotation. They're getting healthy. Michael Porter's back, uh, and they're playing really well. They have their rotation figured out. They go. They don't. They don't have a backup center. They used to play Isaiah Hartenstein. They've eliminated that completely and just said, uh, "Jamichael Green, you're going to be our backup five and four. And, you know, they're playing really well because of that. Uh, and Jokic, he's playing just... He, he's one of the most fun players to watch in the league. And he's doing something that... <clears throat> a lot of people wondered, wondered that if he could. Which was, if, you, if my team needs me to get 30 points, can I do it or is he going to keep on passing? And he's showing I'm going to pass and I'm going to give you 30 a night. So he's averaging 27 points. He's averaging 12 rebounds, and he's averaging 9 assists, and he's averaging 1.8 steals a game. Like, he looks, just shape-wise, he looks incredible. Uh, he's shooting 57%, 38% from deep, and uh, 84% from the line. Um, advanced stats, he's got probably the best advanced stats in the league. Yeah, he's got the best advanced stats in the league all across the board. And if you look at... Just shooting wise and to see if it's sustainable, it really is. Like, aside from the mid range, where you know he's you last year he was forty seven percent, this year he's at fifty two percent, fifty three percent. So if you want to say like it's gonna dip like three four percent, yeah yeah you're probably right. Uh, but if he's a maybe maybe he's just improved it a tiny bit and instead of forty seven percent he's a fifty percent mid-range shooter now which wouldn't be that shocking you know two three percent difference um and i I just love the way he plays he's so much fun to watch uh he's five steps ahead of everyone else and i would say he's got a real chance of winning the mvp and i think right now he probably would be my favorite as well and most importantly the nuggets have played 20 games he's played all 20 games so, and, you know, that matters to me. Like, if it comes down to him and Embiid, and Embiid's played 60 games and Jokic played 70 out of 72, I'm going to pick Jokic. Um, I'm going to give him a... I'm going to give him the best chance. I'm going to say... I'm going to give him a 9 out of 10 because I do think the Nuggets um, are going to win a lot more games now that they're healthy. And he's got the best numbers in the league. So I got Jokic with a... I'll give him a 9 out of 10. I think he's my favorite. 
and you know these are going to change you know weekly even monthly uh but i'm not going to do them weekly and monthly i'm going to do them every 20 or so games uh maybe not like a whole i think i just did 35 minutes on it maybe not a whole 35 minutes going through the top 10 again but maybe just doing it for the players i gave like a realistic chance um so yeah we'll i'll check back in on that in 20 or so games the the next thing i wanted to talk about was the clay draymond rodney magruder stuff you know at the end of the pistons warriors game you know i think the warriors won by like 50 it's probably like 30 but you know probably felt like 50 uh something had happened with with Wayne Ellington and Rodney Magruder you know he went to confront them which i would get that in a normal season like for Rodney like what 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 are you doing doing that after the game during a pandemic like we know the nba has already said you know after the game we don't want you guys interacting and you know hugging and you know incre- like even if it's increasing the chance by 1% like we don't want that happening at all so you know please don't do that so he do- he go he not only like confronts them he goes to their side and he does it like that so i thought that was strange of him um but yeah you know as he was doing that clay was like you know he's probably just mad you know he's going to be out of the league soon uh which it was interest it was interesting because there was a lot of jokes online but so I think maybe I'm just getting soft I think I might just be getting soft because I didn't I don't think I liked it that much you know I could see myself you know 3 4 5 years ago being like oh shit you know Clay got him uh, you know he fucking roasted his ass but now I'm like I I thought that was pretty unnecessary just saying like you know he's going to be out of the league um firstly you know if he gets cut like i think he got a 3 year 15 million contract you know he's getting paid 5 million this year and the 5 million next year so you know good for him if he gets cut or whatever or i guess released um you know Ronnie's actually if i i never thought he was a bad player or anything like i remember a couple years ago with the heat like he started off like on fire and you know I was telling like we were in like a um, fantasy league and I was telling one of my friends to like pick him up cuz I couldn't do it um you know I I think if he's like your 7th or 8th man like that that's a guy that you probably do want on your team like you know he's a solid defender you know he can make the three a little bit and he just tries hard so like and i don't think players like that are ever just going to be out of the league you know he's not playing a lot with the pistons because they have a lot of young players that they want to give minutes to but if he was on a different team i do think there's a lot of teams that could be using him and he he does have a place in the league. i just felt like i just felt like it was a little bit of bullying you know i didn't i didn't like it and I'm not sure I have a problem with other people liking it. And you know, there's a lot of people that are like, "He's a grown-ass man, you know, what's the big deal?" And you know, he shouldn't have started. I get that. I do. You know, I'm kind of just talking myself through this on how I really feel. 
but my initial reaction is I didn't like it. You know, it just felt like there's... And then there's people that are like, oh, but you guys want trash talking in the league. You know, what's the difference between that and this? I, I do think this is picking on someone, firstly from Clay, like way, 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 way below like your level. You know, Clay, you know, he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, he's going to be retired. His number is going to be retired by the Warriors. He's probably going to get, you know, a, you know, I think him, Steph and, Steph and Draymond probably all get statues, like a collective. It's going to be like a, like three statues right outside, like them together. I think that's probably going to happen. And, you know, his grandkids, they're, they're going to be on, like, sitting front court if, he, like, if they want to. So he, he's going to be with that franchise forever. He's going to be remembered forever. So, you know, he's punching way down. And I do think it's a difference between trash talking, like, oh, you know, you can't fucking guard me, you know. And I do, and there's a difference between that and being like, you're going to be out of the fucking league. Like, that's, that's fucking whack. That's kind of like... You know, you say something to like, uh, you know, you you roast someone and they come back and like, oh, you know, you know, your your mom's dead. It's like, all right, okay, relax now, like, relax. It's not that serious. You know, saying saying you're gonna be out of the, he's gonna be out of the league, like, that's a little too serious. Like you're talking about, you're actually talking about someone's job at that point. So I, I'm not sure I liked it. I don't know if I hated it. You know, I'm not like fuck Clay now or something like that. Um. So yeah, that that was just, that was just my thought. But I, I, I'm more so just, you know, figuring out how I. I'm talking right now, just figuring out how I truly feel about it because I do have a couple mixed emotions about it because I don't know if I'm just going soft or not. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's probably it for today. All right, thank you for listening. Ain't no me. I'ma just charge it to the game. Uh-huh. Five, four, three, two, one. I was supposed to love you until the sun was done. Said I changed when the money start coming. How the fuck you think I wasn't gonna catch on to all that game you was running? See the moolah, it got longer, but my mind it got wider. That's why you ain't want me to wear no condom. Now tell me what's that about? Why you telling niggas about my stash box? She lucky I ain't kill her, could've gave her ass out. See, I'm not worried about them niggas, cause I got boys that's gonna crash out. See, drive up on your block, do the drive by and then smash out. Whip it up in the kitchen, no potatoes got mash out. Man, you see, I don't care about love. I got off topic, I start talking about the drugs and all of the profit in here. Talking about the shit I learned in the streets that gave me knowledge. Yeah, see, I saw a nigga get killed back when I was a toddler, yeah. So how I pose to love, girl, now how I pose to fear, yeah. I talk to bitches even when you right here. I text them in the room when we land right next to each other. I try my best just to hug them when my fingers cross. Cause I know deep down inside, I am really doing wrong, yeah. I done fucked all her friends, all her enemies too. I think her mama even feeling me too. You got a million excuses. When you broke, I just brought me a richer million and this shit calls a deuce. Yeah, summertime top ball, but my seats, they all made a goose. I'm not embarrassed, she sucked my dick and I did not feel a tooth. I got a lot to lose, but I lost all my moods. Ever since she fucked that nigga that's older than Snoop. But I can't blame her because baby girl had to get her bills paid. They was up and I got my meals late. Don't give a fuck, nigga, I still feel great. I still feel weight. Man, I'm touching on your hand and you still don't feel me. Damn Oh. Yeah. It's just a lullaby
yeah. Sometimes you just gotta say bye. Picture me, broke as shit, not getting money. Shit, I probably be hitting licks, probably be flipping bricks, probably be pimping chicks. I don't know, nigga, I'll probably be a hitter or something. We kill niggas for like 50 G's. I got that nigga here for a 10 piece. They shot that nigga broad day, he was boxed in. Seeing Philadelphia, you know I'm really locked in. Now that boy got a shit bag on some boxes. Shit, man, we kill for fun. Got a problem with him, then it's problem with me, cause ain't no one on one. That's how I ride for my gang. That's how I ride for my dogs. Cause nine out of ten these bitches, they be frogs. Yeah, whatever, I jumped off the porch late. If you put your hands on me, you gon' get your day. See my bitch, she think I'm having fun. I'm just cheating. But I'm just gon' stack my money and I'ma attend every meeting. Uh, I ain't worried about love, man. I love the drug. Drug is the money. Stack it up and take care of my family. I remember I used to stack my money just to cop zannies. Now I got bitches from overseas taking off their panties. See, I'm a Leo like a lion, but my life is oh so dandy. I walk around 500, nigga, don't try jamming. They'll pull the white sheet off of you like you a piece of candy. I'm so high, man, I swear I'm never landing. I'm gone. Yeah. And it's just crazy how the whole time niggas be plotting on you. These bitches be plotting on you. All you got is you at the end of the day. You came in this world by yourself. You got to go out there with Yeah, it's just a lullaby.